Welcome to Pints and Pros, Episode 4. I'm Andrew. Hey guys, I'm Zach. I'm Tristan. Our pint this episode is uh, Sam Adams' Boston Lager. And uh, this episode we're going to talk a little bit about zines. Um, In the past, we've normally ended our discussion with a a featured question for the podcast. Um, We're kind of going to switch it up a little bit because we've had um, a, a few people ask about um, zines, what they are, what, what it's about, and I had one person um, I was talking with on Reddit who had a question about what's the, the process or how do they make zines. Um, they're saying that they're still in the brainstorming stage and they weren't sure uh, what to do when just starting out, whether zines are solely for art, are they solely for poetry, uh, solely for short story, short stories, and if the theme has to be consent, or can it be whatever you want? So I thought we'd dedicate this episode to talking a little bit about the history of zines, um, uh, a little bit about um, the etymology of the word, as well as um, how zines are made. So uh, uh, first of all, I wanted to get um, your opinion. And this is going to be a learning process, too, Andrew. Yeah, definitely. For Tristan and I, uh, for Uten Ord, the zine that we do here um, within house. Andrew handles most of the managerial position with that uh, Uten Ord. So Tristan and I help editorially, but he does all the, the backbreaking work of zine making. So this is going to be a learning process for us here too. So, and that's actually what I wanted to do is I wanted to start by saying what is, for you guys, what's your um, your connection? What What is it that you know about zines? And not not putting anyone on the spot, just... What is it that you've heard about it? What is it that you've experienced when coming across zines well, and the, the whole culture behind it? I My answer, I'll go first because my answer is very short. I didn't know what a zine was until I met Andrew and he started making <laughs> zines. Okay. So I was not familiar with zines at all before meeting up with Andrew. I mean, you know, we know we know more now because, you know, we got into Udenord and we, we you know, that's our little uh, love baby. <laughs> but... um when you came forward with that idea, I, I didn't know a whole lot about zines either. Um, you know, what comes to mind definitely is sort of that underground aspect aspect of uh, a cool, you know, little-known magazine made in-house um, by a single person. But as far as, you know, learning the rest of this, what really is the history of zines, I had no idea. So in myself, I only know a little bit about it. This isn't a a concrete or the authoritative answer on what it is. It's just our experience, and, um, you know, talking to people online, whether it be sites like Reddit or just stumbling across it when we're at a, a bookstore or talking to um, uh, bookstore owners and things like that. Um, so as far as Zach said, a, a huge aspect of zines is the the culture behind it Mm. um that's how they've become so well known and and popular now is that it's it's almost a a kind of counterculture movement and but that's that's only kind of in with the 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 recent history because a lot of people uh started doing fanzines during the um, punk scene in the kind of late 70s early 80s would you say that it's associated with rebellion of some sort because that's what it seems like well, yeah, I mean, it can be in a way. Like I said, there, there's a lot of um, a counterculture 
or anti-establishment vibe right. to zines. And I, I think for a lot of people, that's the whole appeal to it is what they want to write, what they want to talk about, no one's going to publish. Right. But if they do it in a zine, they can do it themselves. Right. So what would be like a mainstream zine that our listeners would know about? I think that's kind of the point of zines, though, is the concept of mainstream. Just zine. not there's mainstream a, at it's all. A, it's a double negative. <laughs> like a lot of people, a lot there of people say, no right? A lot of people say that about the term military intelligence, for example. <laughs> so a mainstream zine, you kind of think of it as the the same thing. Gotcha. We're not talking about Reader Digest here, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's not something that's going to be on every every, every stand of every grocery store nationwide. That's. Um, and oftentimes things like Reader's Digest or um, by that point they, they kind of broach the line for a, a, and become a literary journal. Mm-hmm. And instead of just a lit zine, it be, actually becomes a journal or a magazine. Um, by that point, it's just it's gotten too big to be considered a, a zine. So if you know about a mainstream zine, it's probably called a magazine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of people wonder about that. Um, that is where it, it seems that the word derives from is a shortened form of the word uh, magazine, um, especially because, uh, like I said, when people were doing it for uh, the punk era, um, they were doing zines de- or small magazines dedicated to their favorite bands, to the local scene. To concerts, venues, what was happening with the artists and musicians, mm. and so they started writing fanzines, and when when that became popular, it was unique just to that that culture for punk. But it's kind of, since then it's kind of expanded and become more popular. <laughs> so, so there's some awkward silence we're gonna cut. Yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I wanted to highlight that, but I was like, on second thought, let's stay out of that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, in in a way, that's a large part of the culture because it's it's counterculture. It's mm. against what's common. So it kind of originated it's, with with music, underground punk well, music. Well, the, the kind of the modern day concept of the zine, a lot of people will try and take it back to um, the era of the Gutenberg, Gutenberg Press. You know, when, when way back, yeah, um, mass, mass market or, or mass printing became available. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, you could say anyone who uh, produced a, a pamphlet could be a zine maker. And that's so, yeah, technically. Yeah, but when, mo- when most people talk about zines or when you have people who subscribe to forums that are talking about it, they're not going to talk about, you know, Martin Luther or, yeah. or people who were doing it for religious or other purposes. That's, that's not. The, the modern concept or the modern uh, relation to the word or to the the product. Gotcha. So we're talking about um, a, a common theme for a lot of uh, zines when they first came out or when they be kind of they kind of resurfaced was uh, dedicated to the punk, punk culture, mm-hmm. but that isn't <coughs> the sole purpose of them. Really, zines can approach any subject, any lifestyle, any um, uh, any type of art. And one, one of the questions that was uh, brought out, uh, the person I was talking to on, road, on Reddit was, can it, do they have to be consistent for every single 
zine is it only for art or poetry and it it's really that's the cool thing about it and the reason why they're so popular is it can be whatever you want um, I've gotten I've traded people online for zines that are the same thing they're literary zines so they're short stories or poems that they've done hmm. and I've also gotten ones that are um, photography zines so were you you were published with one of your short stories in it was that a lit zine that you got published in I wouldn't have called it a zine. I would have called it an anthology. Okay. Because it was first of all, it's professionally published. Okay. And that that's. I thought that guy was just doing it on his own. It was the hermit or something. Yeah, it was the, the site called Hermit. He was doing it on his own, but the publication itself was professionally published. He gotcha. he took it to a printery in order to get it done. Okay. And that's where a lot of people kind of draw the line with zines, is. When, during the punk era, there wasn't, there weren't computers, or they weren't mainstream, they, they didn't have the um, accessibility for most people in order to do their own designs, so everything was copy and paste, like physically copying and pasting it. Wow. Drawn on. Yeah, drawn, drawn on, glued together, and then photocopied. And then you do all the binding by hand. So that's why the the anthology with Hermit wouldn't really be called the zine because it was taken to a professional bindery, and that bindery they they do that full time. That's their job. And so, so they it's self made it. publication of your it's, own. It's self publishing, but it's not a zine. Right. Right. No, no. I'm saying a zine is a self published, yeah. self made little pamphlet, essentially. Right. Right, exactly, and and the the self made parts a, a huge aspect of it is there's a lot of people have workshops and courses on how to do it because there's so many different ways to do it. Um, in a little bit, we're going to talk about how we do it for Utenord, but that's just one of many ways. Uh, some people will um, glue their books together. Some people will sew them together um, using a, a hand stitched method. Um, and in the case of an ord, we staple them together. So it, it all depends on how you want to do it. So to kind of go into this, the featured question, I know we're just kind of discussing it as a topic, but really the advice, I guess, for starting out in a zine would be just any subject you want to make it. Just about. do it all yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same idea as writing. What are you passionate about? Mm. Um, and it doesn't have to be writing. That that happens to be the, the avenue that we're taking. Right. Poetry, art, mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people will talk about um, it. It could be even political or um, ethical issues that might not get published in a, a mainstream magazine. Mm -hmm. Something that, that would be considered too alternative in order for the, the general populace to be interested in reading or to agree or disagree with very cool so yeah um you guys we talked about it a little bit earlier but you want to go into uh what we do for for uden ord yeah the process so i guess essentially the start of uden ord how we start out each copy or each edition which we're on number five now printing for fall 2016 is it starts with the stories really? Yep. Um, Andrew will send out um, a request for our short story submissions for each edition, 
and Tristan and I will respond with our stories that we have set, and Andrew will gather them all together. Tristan's will be a couple months late, but <laughs> not months. No, we'll, we'll we try to get him to them as punctually as possible, but it, there's always a delay some somehow. <laughs> um, and then Andrew will compile them. The collector collects, and then we get into kind of the editing process. I'd say that's like a stage or editing. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah because you, you kind of once you compile the stories, um, I have a, a template that I use for um, for the design of, of it, and I I do it all on the computer. I don't do anything fancy. I just use Microsoft Word, and I kind of feel that's the um, the in a way the lo-fi aspect of it because in this day and age, doing design on Microsoft Word is usually considered a joke so I'll I'll just kind of throw my nose at it and say that's the that's the punk aspect of it um, so I, I have that template and then I'll put the stories in and organize it and the whole reason why I'm I'm using this format doing it through a zine is I love printing it and so I always print it out and that's how I do the edit editing process is I'll, I'll manually go through with a pen and circle and cross out and so you stuff. get our stories, compile it into a Word document, print, and then go through for the edits. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then I'll put that back into the, the document so that we all, all the editing that I do, I'll correct it on the computer. So do you, because you'll send me your story, mm -hmm. and Tristan will send me his story, and then we'll kind of cross-check our edits and... Once everything's kind of verified and cleared up, any grammatical errors, which there have been grammatical errors, you know, we don't, the, some of the first editions I noticed we didn't catch all of them, but we also didn't have a good editing system. Well, that's right, part we, of the we didn't, process, yeah, right? we didn't, we didn't have it. And that, that's why the same thing is counterculture. It's like grammar. <laughs> What's that? Who cares? Forget it. Um, so, yeah, and then Andrew will, you get into the print phase, I guess. Yeah, so once everything is edited, I'll um, format it and I'll finish um, designing the cover and then I'll print it out. Um, I save the the cover in the Word document and I just print it directly from there. But then I'll convert the the master or the, the body of the actual zine itself into a PDF. And then um, there's a feature that you can do with Adobe Reader where you can uh, collate or organize the pages into a booklet. Um, so that way it automatically, you know, page one goes on this side of this sheet of paper, page two goes on this side of this sheet of paper, so on and so forth. And so, yeah, it, it does it for you. So by the time it's printed, it's already ready to put into a, um, a booklet format. And I just use eight and a half by 11 white printer, printer paper. Yeah, mm -hmm. nothing fancy. And then um, I use a, a long arm stapler. I think it's about uh, 12, 14 inches long. And then um, that, that allows you to do it so that you don't have to unhinge your stapler. Like, you know, you probably did that in school a bunch of times when you're mm -hmm. making booklets. And then uh, staple it down the middle, fold it, and then that's you've pretty got much zine. it. Yep, and then you've, then you've got a zine. And, and unlike what we were saying earlier, that's just one way to do it. A lot of people have other methods 
it's uh it's all up to how you want to do it. There's no right or wrong way to make a zine. As long as you're doing it all yourself, pretty yeah. much. That's kind of mm-hmm. it's not like there's a rule um mm-hmm. that you have to follow <clears throat> to be considered a zine. And that's kind of the cool um personal taste of each zine maker is what they wanna design, what they wanna have the zine primarily focus on and then whatever even font and paper Mm -hmm. and is it glued is it stapled right there's just a lot of cool variables you can make it your own i wanted to ask you guys um especially because the the zine is intrinsically self-made like physical Mm -hmm. in a world where we're kind of getting away from that um, everybody kind of likes their books on e-readers or, you know, things of that nature. What future do you think that the zine has? Well, I think with the the kind of world that we live in now, there's always going to be a, a sense of the desire to operate against the, the flow. Yeah, the majority. Yeah, like a fish swimming upstream. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that mindset before, even if it's a small group of people, so having a printed material of that nature is always going to going to be prevalent regardless i mean it it might it doesn't translate great to digital digital the the concept of zine because the whole thing is it comes from an era where photocopying yeah. was the the technology of the day right so i mean there there might be digital zines in the future where the print isn't as as common mm-hmm. um sayonara nostalgic factor yeah exactly strong. but it, to to that end the maybe not not so much the printed mm-hmm. aspect of the zine but the 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 political or the the almost cathartic nature of of what a zine means the the culture behind it mm-hmm. i mean i i could see that being an a prevalent prevalent force in, in whatever time period we're working in. Right. It, well, here's a question I've got. Because some zines you have to pay for, and then mm-hmm. others are free. Which, which should any zine maker or anyone getting into zines prefer to do? I think it depends on the message. Uh, I think... The more it's something that relates to you and you're like something that you're passionate about and your cause, the more you're going to be willing to do it for free and not want to charge people. You want to get your message or you know your statement out there. But when it comes to like what Andrew was saying, maybe like political or ethical or things of that nature, then it might go into or or, or even ours, like just enjoyable reading stories and stuff like that. It, you know, who knows? It might turn into a situation where people would want to pay for it or you want to distribute it by order bases well this our Uten ord is designed for you know as a guerrilla literary sketch journal so right yeah yeah it's for it's for practicing it's yeah it's not meant for mass market in the traditional sense but that but it's for you, any you artist who right. you know wants to read um you know practice literary short stories i mean mm-hmm. i we we have subscriptions to this right yeah we, we yeah. there's subscriptions so i mean we we do have that option but i think that goes with more of the um the 
the niche of art zines, mm-hmm. where it's a means to an end, but it's still a product. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, other zines that are have more of a a message to them that might be more about um, alternative culture or counterculture, those ones are more than likely the ones that are going to be a, a one-off. And, and that's a lot of thing about zines too is having a ongoing, almost a subscription or a, a regular um, release like ours is kind of unusual because a lot of times zines are, are a one-hit wonder in a way. Right. They'll you know order a hundred of them or print a hundred, print and fold a hundred of them, and that's it. That's all there is. I like the idea of I'm gonna get my edition of Uten or you know every four times a year. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. my my coffee table literary sketch journal where if I have friends over or if I'm in the mood to just get into some short stories. I can pick up my journal and start reading. And that's that's a cool factor that mm-hmm. you get these things four times a year. And I, I'm willing to pay for a subscription to, to make sure I get a copy. And that that's kind of the reason why I started it is the, the whole... When radio is one of the only forms of uh, mass market entertainment before television became popular, or I'm talking about like the 30s, 40s, even right. earlier than that, you could almost say that the um, literary journals from those time periods were were like zines. Well, or, even, or even least, before radio, there was newspaper. I mean, that was... And, and not just the newspaper. It is They had, um, like, Galaxy was a science fiction one. And there's well, also... I'm talking, like, way before Galaxy was around. Right, but the Galaxy is it's just the, the 50s version of what was happening right. because um short story magazines like that go all the way back to the late 1800s even yeah oh i remember just in the 90s like when magazines were still around like you don't magazines no one reads magazines anymore the only time i see magazines is when i go to barn the magazine section of Barnes and noble <laughs> and it's always right. stacked full yeah it's always full always <laughs> yeah i every time i see a newspaper you know, newsstands used to be more common in bigger Absolutely. cities. Anytime I go to anywhere in um, the San Fernando Valley, it's, every time I see one, I'm like, oh, that used to be there. It's closed now. <laughs> Print is dead. Dying. So, but like you said, in, in spite of that, I think there's still a, a thriving need for culture. And mm-hmm. a lot of people I've seen both online and in, in videos documenting um why people think zines are so important. A mm. lot of the uh, call to arms is print. Print is not oh. dead, and that's the whole. It's it's almost that's a the counterculture, though. Right. It's almost a riff on the punk is not dead <laughs> um, anthem. It you know print's not dead, and that's that's why so well, many people fight for zines. I think and, mainstream print. I mean, it is dying. But when you look at what zines are and kind of what they're made for, it is the underground cool aspect of what magazines used to be magazines used to be cool yeah definitely we still have zines and i think that's why they have an appeal to um those people who still are out getting them or making them 
Yeah, and for, for a lot of zines too, it, the appeal is something that is so obviously handmade because it's so lo-fi, often low quality. You can see the grain from the, the photocopies or you can see where the pages don't line up perfectly mm -hmm. and you know the fact that someone took the time and folded 500 copies of yeah. whatever you're reading or looking through. Yeah, you're not going to see, it's dumb to say, like, zines are for, like, your true down-to-earth gritty artist, but mm -hmm. in a sense, they are. Like, you're not going to see kids at school, you know, reading through literary sketch zines. You're going to see your, this super artsy, um, kind of... Well, I, I mean, I don't know about a literary zine. That you might see that, but you're not. You're certainly not going to see something like the New Yorker or Paris yeah. Review yeah, or yeah. the London Review of Books. You're not going to see anything like that. At, I just have in my head the type of person that's a, reading you're in a zine. Inner city school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to be having that with the Wall Street Journal for their morning coffee. No, no. They're going to have Udnord. I think you know. <laughs> I think people are like 10 times more likely to read content that's physically in their hands rather than wading through uh, like billions of content digitally mm -hmm. that's, you know, put in front of you. Sure. I mean, you know, if, if you look at even like finding a book that's been self-published online, like what are the odds that someone's going to, you know, click on yours out of the millions that are, of content that's on there? Whereas, you know, we write some short stories and it's in this booklet and it's in front of them. Now, I, like I said, they're ten times more likely to read your stuff. And uh, I have a hard time with a lot of websites. It just, I like browsing them sometimes just mm -hmm. because sometimes I'm browsing because I don't really know what I'm looking for. Right. And that's all why a lot of people go to bookstores. But the way web websites are tailoring the their content distribution now, it's you... Oh, you looked at this one time five, six months ago. Yeah. You're going to want to look at this now. Yeah. But that's, I probably, I like that, but I want to see something different. Because right. I, like I said, I don't know what I'm looking for. And I feel there's a lot of that with um, a lot of independent bookstores support consignments for zines. Mm -hmm. And that's the wonderful aspect about it is you have all these people who are making zines. You don't know what their background is, what they're coming from. They don't have an editor who's... Mm -hmm. Has a form of a bottleneck yeah. to say, well, this is what people want. An agenda to push. Right, exactly. So you're limiting your availability for, for the content, and because of that, people, there's a lack of ability to browse. It's cool in the aspect that when I opened up. You know, the new edition of, of Uten Ord, you, there's kind of this aspect of, what am I going to get? You get to look through mm -hmm. and see what's in store for that edition. What short stories, you know, do you get to delve into and read for the first time? And it's just cool, the variety we get. Yeah. And and I do want to mention why it sounds like Zach's selling Udenord a little, oh. a little bit. But at the same time, there's, there's often times where I'll edit it and the authors don't know what other stories are in it. That's so true. once it's done and I send it to them, they're reading it and looking at it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, right. we'll get our eyes. own zine and be surprised with stories yeah, in there the from other, other authors and yeah. that we haven't read. And I'm not trying to plug our zine. It just happens to be the only zine I read. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it's a good point of 
point of reference. But yeah, it's um so to with the Reddit, I guess it just um zines don't have a constant theme. No, no not at all. Um and yeah, going going back to the main question is do um zines have a constant theme? I mean they can. Ours they, does. Yeah, they they can. If you want to release a um, a regular issue, it you can have it every single one be about um, art on the Upper East Side of Los Angeles, yeah. or you can have it vary from place to place, yeah. or you can have it be different for every single every single issue. Yeah. It, it all depends on on what you want to do. There's the the content is only up to you and how you want to do it. There's um, there's a bunch of different schools of thought you can use. Printer paper. I know a lot of people that will will use construction paper. Really? You know the the old gritty paper yeah. from uh, kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, it's one way to get a, a lot of color into your, your magazine. Nice, cool. So well, I think that about wraps it up. Unless you guys have any other thoughts on on zines. I think we summed it up pretty good. I think we plugged ours enough. Yep, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, well, as always, if you guys have any questions, you can email us uh, at pintspros at gmail.com. And we'd love to see what your thoughts are. What is it that you look for um, when you're either browsing for zines or when uh, creating yours? And if you have, uh, like I said, any questions, feel free to write us and enjoy. See you guys. Have a good one.